Welcome to the podcast series, Animated Living, where we help you to live out the best version of you, the most animated version of you. I'm Ian Freestone, and I'm your host. So, if you live in Greater Sydney, you are in lockdown for another two weeks, at least. If you're outside of Greater Sydney, you're probably thinking, lockdown? That's so 2020. Most places in the world have now either opened up or are opening up. As of July 15, 2021, we only have about 9% of our population fully vaccinated. So when this nasty little Delta variant got out of the bag a few weeks back, it spread like wildfire. However, our hospital admissions are still relatively low and very few people have died. So what I want to address in today's podcast is directed at my friends in Greater Sydney, but I hope what I say is helpful for anyone going through a difficult time. So we've been told to stay. We're told to stay safe. We're told to stay indoors. Unfortunately, no one much is saying stay positive. All the health messages are about how many infections, how many infected in the community, how many in hospital. It's all about the numbers related to the virus. But is anyone measuring the impact on mental health? Do government websites provide as much information about how to stay positive during the pandemic as they do about where the nearest testing centre is? Obviously, the data as it relates to physical health is important, but the time given to communicating it is completely disproportionate to the information and resources needed for people to survive this season psychologically. If I asked you how to survive this time physically, you would tell me, limit movement, wear a mask, wash your hands, maintain social distancing. Great, four marks. You have listened well. If I asked you how to survive this time mentally, what would you say? Is anyone talking about this? Is there any messaging from the government and from New South Wales Health that covers this? This week, amidst all the other news, it was announced that there would be any extra funding given to Lifeline, Headspace and Beyond Blue, organisations that uh, have well-being and mental health at the core of what they do. So there is a recognition that this is an issue. But accessible resources to help the average person cope are few and far between. And the impact is real. When Victoria was plunged into its fourth major lockdown because of COVID, Kids Helpline revealed that attempted suicide rates among Victorian teenagers skyrocketed by, wait for it, 184% in the previous six months. 184%. On one hand, we don't want to talk about it because we don't want a copycat syndrome to play out, but not talking about it doesn't seem to be working. And it's not just the youth. During 2020, one in 10 of every Victorians contemplated suicide. Today, Lifeline put out a statement saying that calls to their national helpline have risen 20% since Sydney went into lockdown just a week or so ago. That's over 3,000 calls a day now that they're getting. So the purpose of this podcast is animated living, 
how can we not just survive but thrive in seasons of difficulty? I want to give you a mental health checklist today. Things that you can actually do that will make a positive difference to your well-being. These tips are based on the principles of an animated life and are backed up by mental health research. After I go through them, I want you to drop me an email at coach at myanimatedlife.com and let me know how you found this input and if you are making some changes based on what I've suggested. I'd love you to let me know so that I can encourage you to stay on that path, especially over the next two weeks. Now you can download the entire transcript of this podcast from the resources section of my website, myanimatedlife.com forward slash resources. And for those in crisis who need help, I want to encourage you to call Lifeline on 13114. So let's get started. 10 simple, actionable steps for mental health and well-being. Number one, stick to routine. Now, this may not be the same routine that you had before lockdown. So if you need to modify the routine, do so. The important thing is that you have one. When our lives are threatened by uncertainty and insecurity, things beyond our control, it is good mental health practice to control what you can control. So let's talk about routine. Here's a good reminder for us all. Your morning routine starts the night before. We should all be getting between seven and nine hours sleep. So ask yourself, what time do I need to be going to bed to get the sleep I need to get up at the hour I want to? Now for me, it's 10 p.m. Every minute after 10 has an exponential impact on the health of my mornings, negatively. On the other hand, every minute before 10 has an exponential impact on my mornings positively. But that's me. Work out what's best for you. And make sure you're not having any screen time at all for at least 30 minutes before bed. Make sure you have your evening meal early and that you minimize alcohol or exclude it altogether. All of these things will ensure that the sleep you do have is re-energizing. Okay, so you wake up from your refreshing night's sleep, preferably at around the same time each day. Then what happens? What does the two hours look like from the time you wake up until the time you begin work or whatever it is you have to do? If the first thing you do when you wake is pick up your device, then you are letting notifications rule the first part of your day. If the first thing you do is listen to news, then you are allowing the news to set the tone for your day. What you do first and second and third is very important. Complete this sentence. The first thing I do when I wake up is fill in the blank. Then I fill in the blank. Then I fill in the blank. Again, I'm reluctant to tell you what I do because we all have to find our own rhythm in this. But I can tell you that I benefit from a combination of exercise, healthy eating, prayer and meditation, and journaling. My morning routine also involves a mandatory trip to my favorite barista. Then, throughout the day, we do what we have to do. 
but taking regular breaks to breathe and be free from distraction, to go for a walk, do some star jumps. All of these help to get the blood flowing and help us operate at our optimum. Someone gave me a good, simple tip a couple of years back, and that was to write my daily list the night before. It's so easy for our day to get derailed in the first hour, but if we have set ourselves a realistic list the day before, we are more likely to stay on track. On my list, I like to asterisk those things that are priority items so that I do those first when the next day starts. So that was number one, routine. Number two, healthy eating and drinking. As you can see, this isn't rocket science, but I can tell you that a lot of people I've helped professionally over the years had poor habits in regard to what they put into their body, and this impacted on them physically and emotionally. Meanwhile, they were trying to address their issues psychologically or spiritually, when in fact 75% of what was needed was a change in diet. So go back and listen to episode 9 and 10, of Animated Living with Liz Dean. Follow her tips for healthy eating. But basically, we should be eating foods that are high in vitamins and minerals and avoiding foods that are high in sugar and saturated fats. We should be drinking plenty of water throughout the day. And if drinking alcohol is a daily habit, change it to just once or twice a week. Or go dry for a month. Number three, stay connected. And I don't mean online although that's better than nothing. But remember phone calls before we had text? If you aren't in the habit of calling others on your phone, try to make a habit of calling one person each day. Sure, they might wonder, what do you want? Especially if you aren't in the habit of making calls. But you can reassure them that you would just ring for a chat or to check in on them. In these connections with others, try to ensure you have at least one other person who you can download honestly how you feel and make sure you listen to them as well. Otherwise, you might find they stop taking your calls. <laughs> Human connection is an absolute need for all of us, especially during times of difficulty. Sometimes I've literally had to force myself to make a phone call because my mind tricks me into thinking it's too much effort, but I always come away from those conversations better for it. Number four, get creative. And there's loads of ways we can do that. You might be musical or artistic, but you can be creative in cooking meals or getting out in the garden. You can get a paint-by-numbers painting kit like my sister did the other week. You could design a photo book of a recent holiday. You could get into the shed and build a coffee table. The important thing is, whether you see yourself as a creative person or not, it is essential, particularly when you're going through a difficult time, to set aside some space and time when you can have a bit of fun. Lose yourself for a while and activate the deeper parts of you. It's not just about getting your mind off things, although I suppose there's some benefit in that. It's finding joy in personal expression. Being creative also gives you the opportunity to work through things at an emotional level in a healthy way. Now, there are some things that can rob us of the uh, creative space. The biggest offender is, of course, that rather large screen, which often takes pride of place in the lounge room. 
Now, I'm partial to a good series on Netflix just as much as the next person, but when watching TV is our default in the name of relaxation, I think we're kidding ourselves. So try having several nights a week screen-free. You can use the time to do some writing or some reading or some drawing. You'll be surprised the time you can find when you cut down television watching by six hours a week. Number five, learn something new. Lots of people started learning something new during 2020. I certainly did. I completed a certificate four and I started a couple of new hobbies. Right now I'm learning one interesting fact per day about one Australian bird. Now, just while we're on that, did you know that the Bassian thrush, which I saw for the first time the other week in a Tasmanian rainforest, has been known to dislodge their prey from piles of leaves by directing their farts at them. True. The excretion of gas apparently shifts the leaf litter on the ground and provokes worms to move around, revealing their location. Now, isn't that interesting? So look out, I'm on the quest to learn one new bird fact per day. The process of learning is stimulating. If what we are learning has the right balance between stretching us and being achievable, I call this a doable stretch. The result of learning is that we can apply our new skills to life. I'm not sure how I can apply the farting Bassian thrush, but I'll figure it out. Okay, so we're five through ten here on tips for uh, actioning mental health and well-being. Number one, stick to routine. Number two, healthy eating and drinking. Number three, stay connected. Number four, get creative. Number five, learn something. So number six, stay outwardly focused. This also contributes to another mental health tip, keep perspective. For 95% of us, we know someone who is doing it tougher than we are. It doesn't mean we're not doing it tough, but it does mean that there is someone other than us who needs our care and concern right now. And reaching out beyond ourselves in care and concern for others is not just beneficial for them, but it helps to realign ourselves in regard to our own perceived needs. So who do you know or what situation are you aware of that could do with your help right now? What could you do to make a practical difference for them? One of my pet hates is when people say, normally on Facebook, just remember I'm always here for you. If you ever need help, just call or let me know. This is normally in response to someone just spilling their guts um, and putting up their hand for help. Um, and the response, just remember, I'm always here for you. If you ever need help, just call or let me know. Fact is, that's just not how it works. You and I don't sit around and wait for a person in need to put up their hand for help. We anticipate in what ways we might be able to help and we connect with them in a practical way to provide that help. When a friend of mine turned up the other day with cauliflower soup, I was so encouraged by that. Now, I'm not about to ring them and say, hey, you're good at cooking. Do you mind whipping me up some cauliflower soup? That's just not how it works. Again, it might be an effort to step outside of your own world of survival, but you truly can make a difference. 
and in exercising kindness, you'll make yourself happy as well. Number seven, get moving outdoors. As part of Animated Living, I run a couple of Facebook groups. One is called Go See New South Wales National Parks. Now, obviously, with the lockdown in Sydney, we are limited to local national parks. But the whole point of running that group is to showcase the benefits of getting out, getting moving, getting exploring, getting adventurous, and getting in nature. You don't have to set some crazy goal of walking 10K bushwalks every other day. But if you're not doing anything much, just try a 3K walk twice a week, or surfing twice a week, or yoga twice a week, or a mix of all three. Yeah, there's benefits in going to the gym, so I've heard. But the beauty of getting outdoors is that you get the extra buzz of exercising in nature. You feel the sunshine, you breathe the fresh air, and you are reminded of the beauty of our world, a world that is so much bigger than you or I. And that brings with it the gift of perspective. Number eight, be inspired by the thoughts, words, or creativity of others. This could be putting on an album of music with the headphones on, or going to sleep listening to classical music, or reading a book like Viktor Frankl's Search for Meaning. It's finding that activity from time to time that truly transports you to a vision of a better way of being and thinking. We've all had those kind of experiences, and we need them regularly. Art and music can do it. A novel or poetry can do it. An inspiring biography can do it. A thoughtful film can do it. And when we do break out of lockdown, we can go to an art exhibition or a live gig or an opera. These are all activities that speak to our soul in such a way as to say, ah, I feel more human right now. My challenges, although real, are not overwhelming anymore. I feel anything is possible. I feel that I too can achieve and make a difference somehow. I feel for all the madness and darkness that is in the world that there is also hope and love. And these thoughts and feelings I have are stronger than all the other noise. Number nine, laugh out loud. They do say laughter is the best medicine. And for most of us, this involves watching something funny on TV. I love Spicks and Specs on the ABC, but I'm also a bit of a fan of Doc Martin on Netflix. I'm up to season four, and it actually does make me laugh out loud. I'm laughing, chuckling, just thinking about last night. But anyway, that's not everyone's cup of tea. If you have others in your home, you could have a games night once a week and play charades or some other fun game. Subscribe to a humour-based podcast like a Hamish and Andy or read a funny book like The Origin of Me by Bernard Galati. Have a friend or two that encourages you not to take life too seriously. We need to be able to laugh at ourselves and find the funny side of this crazy life that we all live. And last, but most definitely not least, number 10, be kind to yourself. What I wouldn't want you to do is to get to the end of this list and think, oh crap, I'm such a bad person. 
I need to go to bed earlier. I watch too much television. I eat rubbish food, etc., etc. And then be paralyzed from actually doing anything positive because you feel overwhelmed with what you're not doing. So if your inclination is to beat up on yourself and get the guilt, I want to say to you, don't do that. None of us have our whole life in complete order at any one time. I'll say it again. None of us have our whole life in complete order at any one time. We are all a work in progress. The key to change is to take one area and get a win in that area. If you haven't had any exercise for over a week, make a commitment to yourself that you are going to do some form of exercise today or at the latest tomorrow outside for 30 minutes. In other words, find a manageable goal for you, a doable stretch, and do it. And if you fall down, get up again. Maybe the goal was too hard, too lofty, or maybe you didn't want it bad enough. Recalibrate, redesign your goal, and go again. And also, keep in mind that you are not alone in this. And if your emotions and thoughts are a bit all over the shop right now, that's okay. You're in good company, so cut yourself some slack. Give yourself permission to feel lousy from time to time. But at the same time, lean into the things that bring life. And have times when you treat yourself. Set a doable stretch goal for the next few days and then decide what reward you will give yourself if you complete it. Something fun or something tasty. If you type reward yourself into Google, you get a ton of ideas. <laughs> the point is, if making an effort to do something we think is hard is rewarded with something we enjoy, then pretty soon the activity itself becomes enjoyable. So there you have it, 10 simple, actionable steps for well-being. What I encourage you to do is to scan the list. Which ones are not part of your life much at all? Which one could you start doing either today or at the latest tomorrow? Is there someone you can call or text to help keep you accountable to what you've decided to do? And don't forget to come back to this list in a week or so and check in to see what else you might do. And remember, you can drop me an email at coach at myanimatedlife.com and let me know the changes you plan on making and then I can encourage you to stay on that path over the next two weeks. And a reminder that you can download a complete transcript of this podcast from my website, myanimatedlife.com forward slash resources. And please, please, if you don't seem to be able to shake feelings of depression or anxiety, then speak to your GP as soon as possible and get in touch with a group like Headspace or Lifeline or Beyond Blue. These are organizations who have the resources and expertise to offer mental health support. That lifeline number again is 131114. I'm Ian Freestone, and you've been listening to the Animated Living Podcast. Mm-hmm.